0: October 10th. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, our reading today will be from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. And we'll go through chapter 3, verse 13. We'll read about faithfulness. Paul's suffering in Philippi might have made him hesitate to minister in Thessalonica, but he was a steward who wanted to be faithful to the Lord. His message and motive were pure, and God blessed his ministry. It's better to be approved by God and suffer than to be applauded by men and prosper. When you feel like quitting, keep going. We'll read about blamelessness. How important is it to be good and to be a good example before young believers? Well, children do what we do, not what we say. Does your example as a Christian make it easier for others to grow? When Jesus comes, will you rejoice in His presence because of people you have influenced for Christ? And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 10th, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, through chapter 3, verse 13. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we, Paul and his co-workers, worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living, so that our expenses would not be a burden to anyone there as we preached God's good news among you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were pure and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you into his kingdom to share his glory. And we will never stop thanking God that when we preached his message to you, You didn't think of the words we spoke as being just our own. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it was. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews had killed their own prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us and driven us out. They displease God, and oppose everyone by trying to keep us from preaching the good news to the Gentiles, for fear some might be saved. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, After we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented it. After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what is our proud reward and crown? It is you, yes, you will bring us much joy as we stand together before our Lord Jesus when he comes back again, for you are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided that I should stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our co-worker for God and our brother in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from becoming disturbed by the troubles you were going through. But, of course, you know that such troubles are going to happen to us Christians. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you, and that all our work had been useless. Now Timothy has just returned, bringing the good news that your faith and love are as strong as ever. He reports that you remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us just as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly comforted, dear brothers and sisters, in all of our own crushing troubles and suffering because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life knowing you remain strong in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy in the presence of God. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you asking God to let us see you again to fill up anything that may still be missing in your faith. May God Himself, our Father, and our Lord Jesus make it possible for us to come to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love grow and overflow to each other and to everyone else, just as our love overflows toward you. As a result, Christ will make your hearts strong, blameless, and holy when you stand before God our Father. On that day when our Lord Jesus comes with all those who belong to him.
1: First Corinthians 5, 7, Jesus is our Passover. The blood of what the blood of the lamb did in the Old Testament for Israel, the blood of Jesus does for us today. If you operate under the blood of Jesus, that is, if you operate in sync with Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, if you operate in sync with Jesus Christ, the blood covers you. Everybody here today on their way to heaven is only on their way to heaven because they're covered by the blood. When I stand before God and God were to say, Tony Evans, why should I let you into heaven? I just got one phrase, the blood. I have been covered by the blood. That is the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ is what I am looking to for my eternal deliverance. Not good works, not being part of a church, not being a pastor, all that's nice, but it has nothing to do with my eternal destiny. My eternal destiny is tied to one thing, I let Jesus spread his blood on my heart and I am saved by the blood. But watch this, the blood did not simply deliver Egypt for eternity, the blood delivered them in history, it delivered them from the Egyptians. See, a lot of folk who've been saved by the blood for heaven do not let the blood save them on earth. See, the blood is not, it's good for eternity. But it's also good if you operate in sync under the rule of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, he becomes the deliverer that we've been singing about who gives freedom from this, who gives deliverance from that, who gives peace that passes understanding, joy and tribulation, who who takes you through the various ups and downs of life and makes you more than a conqueror. It says all that comes through the blood too. So if you're only looking to the blood for heaven, you're going to miss the power of the blood on earth. That's why Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father is in heaven. See, belief in God is not where your deliverance comes. Your deliverance comes through the blood, and that is your identification with Jesus Christ. So if you are the only person who knows you're a Christian, you ain't covered. You aren't covered because it is the blood that is our Passover, the person of Christ who provides the covering. So Moses' job was to convince them to put the blood on the door. My job is to convince us, this congregation, The them of us. To keep the blood on the door. That is, to keep your identification with Jesus Christ front and center. Not just your belief in God, but your identification with Jesus Christ. That is where God's deliverance comes, not only for eternity, but in history. One of the reasons we take communion, and one of the advantages you should use in taking communion, is to call on the blood. For whatever you need deliverance from in this life. Because it is the blood. There is power in the blood. I saw something on TV not too long ago that caught my attention. This man was in a fire. And it burned a large part of his body. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They laid him on a bed. You could see all of the burned tissues... And then they went and they poured on top of him a bucket of leeches. The nastiest thing, one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life. They poured a whole bucket of leeches on this guy. And so this guy has leeches all over him, all over the burns of his body. Then they went on to explain. The medical people went on to explain. They said the leeches will eat the dead skin. The the leeches will eat death. They will eat the dead skin. Then he went on to say the leeches also suck blood. So when the leeches eat the dead skin and begin sucking blood, they will draw blood up to the skin. So that while they eat the bad skin and suck up the blood, the blood being sucked up by the leeches will produce new skin at the place where the bad skin has been eaten. When they poured it, all I saw was ugly. But what I didn't understand was it would be through the blood. In this ugly scenario that this man would get his life back. I know talking about the blood of Jesus may seem weird to you, but if you ever hook up with the blood, as weird as it sounds, like the leeches on this guy, when God starts doing his blood work in your life through your identification with Jesus Christ, he can destroy the death that's killing you and suck up the life that he wants you to have, which is why Paul said, I can be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's Christ who lives in me, the life which I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So don't be embarrassed by the blood because it is the Passover lamb, the blood that gives you life, life to come, but also covering now.
0: Psalm 80, verses 1 through 19. Here, Asaph prayed for the restoration and illumination of God's people by the shining of God's face. Israel was like a flock of sheep led by God, but they were wayward sheep who would not follow the shepherd. So, instead of enjoying green pastures and still waters, they were enduring tears and the reproach of the enemy. The prayer in verses 17 and 18 was partially answered when some of the people returned to the land after the captivity, but it is fully realized in Jesus Christ. We are God's people, and God's people today are sheep in the flock and branches in the vine. So don't take your blessings for granted. He is seeking faithfulness and fruitfulness. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 19 For the choir director, Psalm of Asaph, to be sung to the tune, Lilies of the Covenant. Please listen, O Shepherd of Israel, you who lead Israel like a flock, O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. O oh, Lord God, Almighty, how long will you be angry and reject our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful. You have made us the scorn of neighboring nations. Our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O oh God Almighty, make your face shine down upon us, only then will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt as though we were a tender vine. You drove away the pagan nations, and transplanted us into your land. You cleared the ground for us, and we took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with our shade. The mighty cedars were covered with our branches. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea, our limbs east to the Euphrates River. But now, why have you broken down our walls, so that all who pass may steal our fruit?' The boar from the forest devours us, and the wild animals feed on us. Come back, we beg you, O God Almighty, look down from heaven and see our plight. Watch over and care for this vine that you yourself have planted, this son you have raised for yourself. For we are chopped up and burned by our enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown." Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never forsake you again. Revive us, so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. Proverbs 25, verses 1 through 5. These are more Proverbs of Solomon. Collected by the advisors of King Hezekiah of Judah. It is God's privilege to conceal things, and the king's privilege to discover them. No one can discover the height of heaven, the depth of the earth, or all that goes on in the king's mind. Remove the dross from silver, and the sterling will be ready for the silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's court, and his reign will be made secure by justice."